Today's episode is brought to you by the one, the only, Strava Craft Coffee. The rich CBD-infused coffee, which you can now purchase in K-Cups for your Keurig, or get their whole bean or ground options as well. You can also get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout. And supporting our partners is supporting us. So give them a try today. The CBD is non-psychoactive, and it's been known to help things like long-term migraines, other aches and pains, even anxiety. You name it. If you have having troubles, this thing can probably help you out. At least give it a try. See if it works for you with that DNBR20 code for 20% off. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Call J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits, my go-to Breckenridge Brewery shopping location, one in Centennial, one in Highlands Ranch. I am Rudo. Joining me, as always, is the man, AJ Hayfley. And on today's show, we're going to bust out a bit of a ranking list on this one and take a look at the past decade of Colorado Avalanche draft picks, that being from 2009 to 2019. We're only going to be looking at the first round because we don't want to be here all day sifting through 80 picks. Well, and, you know, there's only so much that you can get into into the pit of misery. Right. When the Avs haven't developed a second rounder in a decade, you can. Yeah. it's hard to rank zero games played versus yeah. zero games played. Second, in the second round picks from 2000, it's Ryan O'Reilly, <laughs> nobody else. Yeah, pretty much. So, oh, he will be on this list, Cygnus. Don't you worry. That That name will come up and probably pretty quickly, I think. Depending on which direction we go. Uh, you I, do you think we should start at the top? Should we just no. Yeah, right. You can't you can't just bust the hype right away. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So That's right. We're going to start at the bottom and you got to start at the bottom. And now we're here. Yeah, but we ain't there yet. So hold your Look, horses. <laughs> I'm just in a hurry, okay? All right. So I think the biggest first round bust <laughs> of the last decade is unfortunately a pretty easy one we should probably agree on this one um it's the only one that didn't ever get into the nhl the abs uh it's one of the very few first round picks that hasn't even gotten an elc correct and and went back into the draft only to get drafted by the blues but yeah and that was connor blakely Yep. And the Avs didn't even get to use the compensation pick that they would have received from it because they traded it at the deadline. They sure did. For Mikhail Bodker. Value. <laughs> <laughs> of course, after what we just said about second-round picks, it's like, who cares, right? Right. Kind of actually. It's not, it's not like baseball where you get, oh, your first-round <laughs> pick doesn't sign. You get the same pick, but one slot later the next year. <laughs> So, so they wouldn't have gotten it's not like they would have they would have been able to get that pick. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. Easy one there. Zero NHL games. There were 11 total first round draft picks in the last decade for the Avs. So Bleakley pretty cleanly comes in at 11th. Yeah. Uh, everything from here on out except for maybe the number 1 spot and even that arguably depending on how much you want to project is up for grabs. So at number 10, AJ, I think there's there's two options that you can really put at 9 and 10. It's just a matter of what order you put them in. Um I'm I have I have Siemens at 10. And I have Siemens at 9 for the record. I guess With, there's 12 actually. Are there 12? This, this Am be... I so bad at counting? Yeah, there's definitely 12. Yeah, cuz they had two years with two picks. Yep, that's right. Well, they had a year without a pick though. 
Also true. Did we do 11 years? Because I'm dumb. Possibly. Well, it's actually 11, but yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a decade. So, well, yeah. So, so yeah, 12 picks. I can't anyway. count. Simple math. Either way, Duncan Siemens and Joey Hishin are who I have at nine and 10. Uh, yeah, I have, I have Siemens. So the reason that I have Siemens lower, um, at a, at 10 and 11, <laughs> um, yeah, it is 12. I'm recounting yeah, this. Yeah. And that's 12. It's definitely okay. 12. It, it, 11 and 10 here. Yeah. So I have Siemens lower just because um, he didn't have any real roadblocks in his career. Um, the big the big reason that Siemens didn't make it was because Siemens wasn't good enough. I, and uh, that was just it. You know, he had, he had good feet, but uh, and he had the physicality that you like. He had great size, good reach. He just didn't he didn't play the game at NHL speed. If he did, he he would have been so good, man. Yeah. He I, really I agree. If he had any any amount of, of hands and vision at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. But, well, and even if just defensively, if he could have read the game at NHL speed and been able to play it, you could have gotten away with the grenades that he lobbed at teammates' feet constantly because he would have at least been playing fast enough. But yeah. he just he didn't do it and it sucks because he was such a great kid. Um, but I have Joey Hishin ahead of him because Joey Hishin even overcame, I mean, awful concussion issues to to even get into the NHL. He scored one really, really nice NHL goal yep. against Nashville with that little wrister that went posting in and was a great story and was, I mean, just worked so hard and he gave so much of himself and he just, he was just never the same after the concussion. And so I have him ahead of Stevens because something out of his control um, was really the thing that, that, that will always say what if about. Yeah. I, there is zero argument to me about the skill level. Hishin's skill level was absolutely higher than Duncan Siemens. If we're ranking it on that. So the reason I have Siemens higher is he had slightly more longevity in a North American career. Um, he played across multiple seasons, played a handful more games in the NHL. Uh, Hishin, you know, he played NHL games for one season. And yes, unfortunately, the reason he missed a lot of time and, and was never the player he could have been is out of his hands. But ultimately, he ended up going to the KHL and struggling there to finish his career. I mean, when Siemens was done, that was it, though. Yeah, when he he finished up, he finished up. But they essentially both had the same length of pro career, and Siemens kept up in North America. Not that Hishin couldn't have, I suppose, based on his numbers, but he tried something that didn't work out for him at all in going to Europe. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm just for me. I just think that it's yeah, definitely a fair argument. I. I'm not going to pick nits about 11th and 10th on the list. Certainly. Yeah. Like uh, which, which guy like who got NHL games and had like, they were both good NHL players too. Yeah. And that they, was, they that were. was the big difference. That was, I mean, Connor bleakley got drafted again by St. Louis, got an ELC and went to the AHL and wasn't any good. And then they just threw him in the ECHL. Basically. Yeah. They were like, Oh boy, this yikes. So, and like Hishin and Siemens, like Hishin was a forty-point guy. Uh, Siemens was a was a top-pairing defenseman for years. Like yep. they were both good AHL players, and they just weren't quite good enough to get to that next level. Obviously, busts not what you want with first-round picks. Hishin's got asterisks next next to his bust label, yep. but a bust nonetheless. And it's it sucks to sucks to dunk on a guy like that because it doesn't feel good. Okay. Let's do one more, the number nine spot. And I'm not sure where you're going to go with this, but there's a good chance that we're lobbing a grenade with this pick. I have count. Okay. We'll lob a grenade at the start of period two then. Yeah. So I have I have count for right now. And that's 100% fair given that, first of all, he's only played nine NHL games. Right. Um. Secondly, 
look at what he was as a pick, right? A relatively safe pick for yeah. the Avalanche, drafted with a relatively low ceiling. And surefire NHL are sure, but what are you fully going to get out of this guy? Right. And um, with Cal, it's just like like who he is. Think he's going to be good. Think he's going to fit in nicely. I, th- I think he's got a long NHL career ahead of him, but I'm still doubtful on the ultimate upside there. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have him at the lowest of these of these guys that are all still young and like potential based. If he had 50 games played, he'd be up there. He'd be ahead of the two drafts. Assuming he 2019. had good stats to back it up. Well, well, yeah, like even even if he had 50 games played and it was like 15 points, it's like okay, well, you got to move him up ahead of just the. The, the lotto ticket kids, you know? Yeah. But right now, just with the nine games played, as good as he looked, you know, we've seen, we've, you know, Greg Malden had nine really good games yeah. for the Avs once upon a time, too. Almost anyone can be hot for nine games, especially when the yeah. league has no idea what how to defend a guy. Well, and it, it was really like seven games he played. And then yeah. he had those he last had two couple weaker that, ones, yeah. That that he snuck in at the end because they were like, "Oh, we got hurt again. We need you to come back." And it was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it, I had Cal ranked one spot higher, uh, but nonetheless, the list is still a bit odd, right? Because there are Cal with nine games in the NHL and two other players that have zero NHL games. So far. Yeah. So there are some qualifications there of how you have to put the list together and say, look, if we're ranking them right now today, obviously these guys aren't going to be as high, but is as soon as next season, they could be in the top five. Yep. So that's just a, a reality of, of ranking it in the immediate. So take that with a, a grain of salt, a grain of understanding, something like that one way or another, either way. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. And you know what? I really hope that we can have some sort of a a draft watch party down at the bar. Certainly AJ and I will be putting on some sort of show for that. But, you know, I'm I'm actually curious what's going to happen with uh, the draft. Yeah, there's a chance that you actually go right. Right. Like if they do it in October and they decide to have it in person. I'm going to be there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I fully expect I will be there for wherever it is. So that's, I'm, I'm curious how they end up doing it. If I'm hoping they do a remote one so that you and I can just have a, an awesome draft show. Like we've seen, like we did with baseball last week in the NFL before that, but we have the unique one where the NHL actually has an in-person presence at their draft. And that's something the other three drafts don't have. Yep. Well, I mean, one way or another, I, I'm sure we'll still do something, even if it's getting uh, live interviews or, or interview transcriptions from you down on the floor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a fun time. So yeah. if you're there, then everyone can get together at the bar and watch it that way or or hopefully watch our coverage. Even if you are there, I'm sure we'll do something. But looking forward to that. And you should be drinking Breckenridge Brewery while you're doing that is the point I was trying to make here. Because Sorry. they have Sorry. a ton of amazing beers whether it be the Mile High City Copper Lager, the Avalanche Amber, any other one. You can always pick it up from their farmhouse in Littleton as they do pick up there from 12 to 8 p.m. every single day. Or you can get it from Davidson's, your local grocery store, uh, your liquor store, alcohol stores. You can get it from the gas station by my house. So it's everywhere. My Davidson's order in. There you go. Get that order. They do deliver, so. Jump on it, get it sent right to your front door. Also, our DraftKings picks of the week. It is that time because DraftKings is amazing. Look, I'm taking the the easy slam dunk homer pick because the last couple times I've gone against the homer pick and it's burned me pretty badly. So Curtis Blades will be fighting this weekend. He is going up as a Big, big favorite here as a minus 400 favorite against uh, what's the guy's name? It doesn't even matter what his name is because Curtis Blades is just going to knock this dude out. Alexander Volkov, that's who he's fighting. You know, um, anybody that's a that's a Chuck fan is going to appreciate that name. (laughs) 
the, the I, old TV show on NBC, Chuck. I, yeah, I love Chuck. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I haven't watched it soon enough that I guess I don't appreciate the name. But come on, man! So it's like all season four is. I okay. I probably trailed off in season four. <laughs> the first couple of seasons were good, but then it started to spiral out of control a little bit, in my opinion. Anyway, disappoint me. Anyway. DraftKings is also giving a thousand dollars. Oh wait, AJ, did you have a pick of the week or not? Nah? Yeah, I've got uh, the Watt brothers. There you go. In the NFL, plus six hundred. Plus six hundred for you get two. You get two cracks at this. Yep. Uh, for defensive player of the year, and uh, TJ was a, a sack monster for Pittsburgh and JJ has been one of the best defensive players for years for the Texans. When he's healthy, he's always my Texan. Your Texans, at least you're not a Cowboys fan. Oh dude, come on now. I have some respect. (laughs) Got him. Yeah. Either way, that's a great pick. Honestly, plus 600 for those two to win defensive player of the year. Come on, slam dunk. Get on it. Do it right now. DraftKings will even give you a $1,000 bonus when you sign up and use code DNVR for that new account. Of course, you must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcasts. Talking Av's first round picks from the last decade. So, surprisingly, given the uh, given kind of the flack that the the Avs get from some people about their draft ability, not a bad history. I mean, we're talking, we're looking at these, and we only have a decade's worth of first round picks, and there are three busts, three busts in twelve picks. Yeah, so they, and they on nine of twelve. Two of those were outside of the lottery, yep. and one of those came in a year where they had two selections. Yep. So it didn't quite hurt as much. It did not, but... Anyway, just I just thought I would point that out. Like the, the first round is actually the one area where they've been good. Next on your list, AJ. I'm assuming your list has Tyson Jost on it, where it I have sure, Martin out. It sure so does. Just get to that. Okay, so... You may well have put all of the non-NHL game players below Tyson Jost. I did. And I think that's fair to a certain extent. But Well, because the same way that I have uh, Joey Hishin way down the like, Right. Exactly. Look, I, I don't mean to like put this out into the universe, but Alex Newhook could get a concussion in the third game never of the season an next year. Game ever, right? And his it, career could be over and that's it. So it's like, I'm not going to put him over a guy that has three seasons worth of games, whether or not they've been high end or low end or whatever your opinion is. I'm not putting him there yet. And that's fair. Uh, 100% I'm projecting here on new hook and Byram as prospects to be the players that, they've shown to be capable of being if they hit their, not necessarily their ceiling, but their certain caliber of NHL player. Um, And Tyson Jost, the reality is to this point, he has not hit his ceiling as an NHL player, or certainly not at least what everyone thought he could be when he was drafted. That's yeah, that's fair. So that's kind of the way I looked at it. And look, We've had this conversation a million times, so we don't have to go over it too much. But Tyson Jost is absolutely an NHL player. He should absolutely be in the lineup every single day and helps the Avs be a better team. But when you're looking at a first-round pick, especially a top-10 pick, mm-hmm. you want that to be an impact player every single night. You do. You also look at You also look at that draft class. Yep. And it's really Charlie McAvoy, Jacob Chikrin are kind of the only guys where you're like, should have taken them. Sure. I, there is that extent to it. And I just get, I guess I don't count the excuse of a weak draft classes as not drafting effectively. 
you should still have your board of best players available. And if you miss a couple guys, you miss a couple guys. It, it, yeah, I mean, there's it's it's a moving target, though, right? Of course, because because 2015 is turning into an all time great draft class. The Abs had the tenth pick, and they got a star with it. The 2016 draft class has turned into a very, very, very top-heavy class with very mediocre depth. Having the 10th pick in one draft class is not the same as the the other one. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't a fair system. They could have certainly done worse. They could have taken, yeah. you know, if Ole Olevi fell to 10 and they took him, that would look awful. But nonetheless, I still... I'm looking at the player. I'm looking at what he was drafted for, looking what he was brought into this organization and what they wanted him to be. And that hasn't really materialized in the way that the organization or the fans thought it would. Definitely. And from that side of things, it's a disappointing pick. Yeah. And in the same way, like we also didn't have this conversation with Siemens where that draft stopped at 10. Yeah. Like we just ignored that completely. Right. Exactly. So I guess that's fair enough. We'll skip it. With Jost, <laughs> with Jost for me, it's he's ahead of he's ahead of uh, Byram, Newhook, and Cout. I expect three years from now that could be quite different. He could be behind all three of them. He, I kind of, kind of expecting it. <laughs> yeah, same. I, that's um, why I put him at nine. Is because I expect him to. Where I think I think he'll probably drop behind Byram next year. Yeah, I mean, and, basically, as soon as Byram sticks in the NHL, he's behind. Yeah, Byram. and then and then New Hook um, eventually. You would think pretty quickly too. Cout Cout's gonna have a harder time because Jost will be in his way. One hundred percent. And and that might be like a, oh they're gonna end up line mates and you're like which one's better and then you have Cout ahead because he was a sixteenth pick. Exactly. Instead of the tenth pick, and you're yep. just like it's the ultimate nitpick, <laughs> right? So, it's it's definitely, you know, there's a good chance you're splitting some hairs here. And yeah, in my case, projecting quite a bit. Um, which as always, you got to do it. You got to do it. If you're not looking towards the future, why even bother? Look, man. Sometimes you have to live in the moment, brother. You got to enjoy today for what it is. You can't get caught up, so caught up in what's going to be happening tomorrow that you forget to appreciate where you are. I'll enjoy today when I get to cover a cup win, all right? Until then. Don't talk dirty to me on air. <laughs> Off air, we can have this conversation. All right. All right. So let's let's move into the two here that you've clearly been talking about in New Hook and Byram, who would be next on my list anyway. Yeah, and I have New Hook below Byram. Same. And the only reason I have New Hook below Byram, I would like to just point this out. The only reason I have New Hook below Byram is because of Nathan McKinnon. New Hook's never a 1C on the Colorado Avalanche. Exactly. Whereas Byram has a chance to be on the top pairing next to Kale McCarr, yep. and they have a chance to be the top pairing for a long time. Alex Newhook will always have Nathan McKinnon in front of him. And if Alex Newhook ends up so good that they have to put him next to Nathan McKinnon, then maybe that becomes a conversation. But for right now, um, just that there's a cap on roll where Byram could be a top pairing defender, new hook ceiling for the moment is the second line center job. Yeah, look, if I just I just talked about projecting the future. Let's pump the brakes here. Once Newhook finishes second for a Hart Trophy, then we can have the conversation about him moving up to the top line and and pushing Nathan McKinnon a little bit, perhaps. Well, I mean, if he if, if he finishes second, then who's winning? Then McKinnon is finishing yeah, first. Like, so. like, like, what if what if it's McCarr when he has a hundred point season? Man, has that has uh, that's never happened, right? There's never been a defenseman to win the Hart and the Norris. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I guess you'd have to sit, go back and look at Papa Yor's career. I, that was the Norris even around at that point. Yeah, I don't. So, I don't know, man. My 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 history of NHL awards is not good because it's they've same. been they've been so stupid. Well, all right. I guess that's one way to put it. 
Try and be diplomatic here. And There's no diplomacy for me. Drop a sledgehammer on my nuts, why don't you? Jesus. <laughs> it's a, it's a, there was a long stretch of time where that those things were a popularity contest. Let's be honest. It is what it is. Either way, that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about draft picks. Byram, Newhook. Before this season, I think there was an argument for Cout ahead of Newhook. Given proximity to the end. Yes, definitely. Because, and this is where Tyson Jost comes into it, because we saw Tyson Jost as a BCHL star going into college and having a good, had a great freshman year, and it didn't mean much in the NHL. And so, because of the experience with Jost, you would have, I think at the start of the year, you would have had Newhook behind Cout where Cout had a strong uh, a strong rookie season in the AHL. Yep. Not a Miko Rantanen rookie season where you're like, you know, where he's co-rookie of the year and he's a point-per-game player. But, you know, a good, like a good solid rookie year. Good, a good showing for an 18-year-old kid in a tough league. For sure. I- so, you know, like it definitely. But then when Newhook had the year yeah. that he had, it's like Newhook put it to a different level. He, I mean, just just go back and listen to our draft day pod, yep, where we talked about Newhook versus when we talk about him now. The expectations just rose because he had a special yep. freshman year. Right there, there was hope for him when he was drafted, and then definitely at, at the collegiate level as a freshman, he fulfilled his ceiling as much as you could have hoped for. Yeah. Had you offered us that freshman year? In the had, draft. had you said, yeah, yeah he's going to have this freshman season, or you can roll the dice that he has an even better one or a worse one. Both of us would have been like, we'll um, take that one every single time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We'll take a point per game, like well over a point per yeah. game. And the fact that he scored a goal in like 9,000 straight games. Yeah. That was insane. That scoring streak. It was like, I just had that that tweet queued up. Like yeah. it was like, oh, 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 no. and then people started sending it to me. I would be doing stuff on Friday night, and Alex Newhook would be like, "Oh, I scored again." I'd be like, "Oh, well, I got to tweet this shit out." Again. I'm like, okay, <laughs> here we go. You know, yep. and it turned into one of the most fun things about the 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 prospect season for the Avs was, oh, Alex Newhook is super dope, and everybody's really excited about him. And and honestly, you put him in in ten other franchises. He's their franchise center. He's their building block that they are going to build their entire freaking franchise around. But because the Avalanche have freaking Nathan McKinnon already, Alex Newhook is like, like he's like the cheese curds in the delicious poutine. You gotta have him. It's a very important ingredient. But it doesn't make the whole thing. Yep. All right. I like that. I like that analogy very much. Um, I guess we can go ahead and wrap up the second period here as we do got to tell you guys about WGT Golf, DNVR's new gaming sponsor. We just had our first major tournament over the weekend. I felt okay. I knew I wasn't going to win the thing after my front nine, but you know. Did not mean to make. I apologize. I did not mean to make it that difficult. It was not my intention. I was just. I picked some holes. I picked some settings, and I was like, "Let's see how it goes." And then afterwards, people were like, "Dude, those greens are tough." Yeah, and I was like, "Man, I'm not. I didn't. Gnarly. I, this was not like the Nux Invitational where I was like the evil mastermind behind it. Like, <laughs> where that was the whole point. You know, I was not that. I apologize." To our WGD. I mean, props to the dude who shot a 65 on those greens. Like, yeah, you monster. That's nutty because I thought I was going to keep it in the 70s and then the back nine just destroyed me. So, oops. But either way, WGT Golf is a mobile golf game which you can play on your PC or phone on the go, and it's loved by more than 20 million players around the world. You can get into our tournaments and all of that by going to dnvrgolf.com and downloading the game. We're into our second clubhouse now, so search for DNVR2 
to get into our clubhouse and play in the tournaments. And yeah, it's an awesome game. I think we played St. Andrews recently, but you can also play Bethpage Black, Bandon Dunes, Wolf Creek, many other famous courses. So jump on it and play all of the different types of golf in the game. At the same time, right around the corner is Father's Day. So golf, great for dads a lot of the time. Also, Manscaped. You know what? A lot of hairy people out there in the world, and they need a good trimming, whether it be below the belt, the chest, the face, legs, arms, you name it. Manscaped's new Lawnmower 3.0 can take care of all of that for you. And it comes with an amazing, perfect package as well that includes some deodorant, some spray-on toner, an amazing carrying case. You name it, Manscaped has you covered fully from top to bottom when you head to manscaped.com and use the DNVR20 code to get 20% off and free shipping. Do it now. Your balls will thank you. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Before we jump in, to our top five picks of the Avs decade. We do have some listener things to get to very quickly. First of all, we have an anonymous listener who wants to give away a subscription to thednvr.com. So if you are one of the listeners to this podcast that is not yet subscribed to the actual site, now is your chance to do it. I am going to give y'all the opportunity to win one of these Go ahead and tweet at the DNVR Avalanche Twitter account. Give me your favorite play from either Nathan McKinnon or Kale McCarr. I will accept either. Doesn't have to be this year. Can be if you want. Tweet that at the DNVR Avalanche account. It can be a text reminiscion, a, a highlight, either one. And we'll select a winner to win a free DNVR subscription. Thank you again to the anonymous viewer, listener, viewer, whatever you want to call it, for setting all of that up. And apparently, AJ knows a subscriber that has a baby coming in November. And they have asked us for some good avalanche-related baby So names. we've got, uh, yeah, if the, abs, if the abs win the cup this year, That'll be that'll that'll be a Stanley Cup baby. It sure will. So I decided that I was just going to abuse my platform here, and I was going to solicit the Avalanche fandom to send us to send in suggestions for the best Avalanche related baby names. I feel like I've done this sideways. I will also accept baby name submissions. Yeah. For this, for the free subscription, yeah, there you go. Let's just combine them. If you send a highlight, I'll include you. But we're changing this. If you haven't already sent your tweet yet, send us an avalanche baby name to add yep. NVR underscore avalanche. First, first in uh, first in middle name. <laughs> um, I'm not giving. Obviously, I'm not giving out the last name because privacy reasons and people on the internet are psychos. <laughs> so, um. Send us first in first in middle name. Uh just to be safe, let's do boys and girls names. For sure. Um, my my suggestion, the one that I have been pushing over throughout the weekend, was Stanley Kale. Stanley Kale. So that's that's where I started. So anybody that thinks that they're gonna steal my submission, back up. <laughs> So send us your baby names, and if the Avs win the cup, hopefully we can convince this uh, this Avalanche couple to roll with it, <laughs> and we'll be able to save this episode forever and have the little youngster listen to it when they get older to know how they got named. There you go. Perfect. Great. Great. <laughs> Cannot wait for someone to be like, it's your fault that I've named this. And and like this is like if they win the cup, right? Like, um, hey, a lot of things have to happen to get there. I th- I feel like Phil is a decent name because you have Grubauer, and if it doesn't work out, you can bail out and say it was totally Philip Lindsay. Totally. <laughs> Denver but, sports related. 
I don't know about their I don't know about their Colorado sports fandom beyond the it abs. It might just be abs, okay. Well. But I know that the abs fandom is is legit. They are out of town Avalanche fans who I have seen in multiple cities around the country. So. Yeah, I, I wait for a much better name than I can think of because I, all I can think of is Peter Joe, and then they can go by PJ. But nice. Rudo, what are some of your favorite plays from McKinnon and McCarr? Uh, McCarr is the goal against Minnesota is the one that stands out to me oh, immediately. I was so lucky to be in that arena. Just murders that team. And the Minnesota Riders were like, what? <laughs> they were, and after the game, that's, that's all anybody wanted to talk about. Nobody cared that Minnesota won that game. McCarr's goal was just filth. <laughs> yeah. That was all they wanted because he scored twice that game. And they were like, this kid is insane. (laughs) Like we might've won this game, but they're going to win every war from here on out. I mean, since we're dunking on Minnesota, McKinnon's first playoff goal. Where he broke Jared Spurgeon's ankles. That's in my top three of McKinnon as well. Yep. Um, I'd have to think McKinnon's goal against Florida a couple years ago. Where he walked Ekblad uh-huh. on the outside. Yep. And like just like held him off with one hand. Yep. That was filthy. Uh, I've got McKinnon's goal against Sweden. Yeah. The, Not even an abs memory, but like. But Team North but, America and all that. Yeah. It was filth. Disgusting. The hands. It was just... <laughs> also, the last time that uh, Johnny Gaudreau made a big play in a, in a postseason t- style game. So good Very for him. True. <laughs> um, for McKinnon, uh, two other plays really stand out, and they came both both came from this season. What he did to Ryan Getzlaff in overtime, even <laughs> though he didn't score, yeah, like that is a that is a guy you and I had a legitimate Hall of Fame conversation about last week, and Nathan McKinnon put a man on like skates, two bit punk, <laughs> on another pair of skates. <laughs> It was like skates on skates. It was, you could just see the moment where his soul separated from his body. Yeah. Where it was just like, oh no. And then he just floated away and his body just went limp. Dude, Nathan's think alike here. All right. The overtime goal against the Canucks this year was, it, it's not that it was an incredible play or anything like that, but it was a moment where it was like, okay, Nathan McKinnon just decided he's going to do whatever he wants. It was the FU nature of it. Yeah. He was just like, we shouldn't even be here. We just blew a two-goal lead in the last two minutes. The referees just screwed us. We're pissed. I'm about to do this. JT Comfort just got away with the most minor of interferences at center ice. I'm going to abuse all these fools. I'm going to make them all look bad. I'm going to ruin the night. And he did. Yep. My other one, though. That goal against Columbus in Columbus. Mm, yeah. That yeah. rocket of a one-timer that came from freaking nowhere because we have never seen him score a goal like that before. Like, normally he gets that pass and he walks into the zone and he tries to make a play. It's, it's what he does all the time. For whatever reason, he got that and he Decided. ripped. Yep. Like, he broke that puck in half. <laughs> Like it was outrageous because and and it was just it was the kind of thing that nobody else in the world was gonna make. That is that is a pure superstar instinct. I'm gonna do something different and I'm gonna put all of my frustration at hitting the post 14 times into this game, and I'm just gonna blow this thing by this goalie. No more nonsense. Stop this punk. And Lil Elvis just watched that thing go right on in. It was just like Hello. Whoa. <laughs> so, two players we're not going to be talking about in the fifth spot, I imagine. Didn't think so. I mean, I knew one of them for sure, but you never know what you're going to do with the other. My fifth best first-round draft pick from this decade for the Avs is Matthew Shane. Yeah, I have him at five and Joe's at six. So... The, the big separation of the top five with yeah, Duchesne there. There is a big, big gap between six yeah. and five. <laughs> and I had – and Duchesne, Duchesne was tough. I really debated on putting him ahead of both Landeskog and Rantanen. 
But then the there there was a reason I have those guys in a certain order. And to be honest with you, Miko Rantanen's just put up two yep. seasons that Matt Duchesne has never done in his career. I, I think there might be an argument for him ahead of Landeskog. I don't see how you put him ahead of Rantanen. Yeah, I I had that, and yeah, he's fifth. Yep, was a was a friend, was a number one center when they didn't have any better option, and then Nathan McKinnon kind of took over, and then he was gone. Yeah, and like Duchesne sort of had like one good year with Mac around, and then after that, it was like this like these guys should be dynamite together, and they're just not, and. He was there was one year where it felt like he was an actual one C and not a one and a half C. That was uh thirteen fourteen. Yep. When he put up seventy points and then got yep. hurt at the end of the year and Yep. So it, it We both have Duchesne at five. Correct. And all of the picks ahead of him were picked after him. So that's encouraging yeah. at the very least. Uh, I had Landis Cog at four. I don't know if you have him at three or. or... I have Landis Cog at three purely because two two reasons here. He's a captain. Yeah, I and mean... so I'm giving him the intangibles boost ahead of the production boost of Miko Rantanen. Because if you were starting your franchise fresh, and you're saying which guy do you would you rather have? Obviously, Miko's the higher offensive upside guy, but. Landis Cog does so many things for your franchise that Miko doesn't do. I just and I don't I don't know that Miko's incapable of it. We just have never seen that side of him because Landy does it. I I guess I'm just not as worried about the intangibles. The intangibles don't make up a, a consistent 20 plus point deficit between the two players. Yeah. I mean and I also all right, there's also the fact that Rantanen was picked 10th and Landeskog was picked 2nd, Yeah, which which does help Rantanen's case for me. Well, and if you were to redraft each of them, Landeskog would probably go like 5th or 6th, and so would Rantanen. Right. But Rantanen's draft class would be a little bit stronger because McDavid's at the top. Yeah. I mean, Landeskog's draft class actually ended up really good. It did. But because it's got, I mean, you're talking Mark Shifley, Sean Couturier, Dougie Hamilton, Jonas Brodin, Nikita Kucherov. Like, those are all really, really good players. Yep. None of them are Connor McDavid. Exactly. None. Of, I mean, Jack Eichel. Exactly. The so. top of that class was just silly. Um. So. That's a great question for the Nuggets yeah, guys. The DNBA show tonight. Hit them up with that question, JJ. Definitely, they will be all over that. Uh, there is the news: the Boston player did test positive for coronavirus as well over the weekend, but that's really all there was to that story. Yeah, uh, didn't doesn't seem to have affected the NHL at all. They're going forward with their plan. Yeah, we'll we'll see. The real question is what happens when they get to the bubble and a guy tests positive or two yep. guys test positive or four guys on a team test positive, you know, whatever. Whatever it ends up being. That'll be the real concern, I think. All right. So Miko at three or four, Landis Gog at three or four. Mm-hmm. Whoever depending on whether you're team AJ or team Rudo here. It really, it really is interesting though, the two versus ten value. I actually didn't strongly consider that. Do you think long let me put it this way? If the players continue on relative trajectory, does Miko ever pass Gabe on your list? Yes. Okay. I, th- I mean, if he puts up five more 85-point seasons, like, I can't. You can't. At that, I mean, on the intangibles that because no, it's, like, yeah. it's like at that point, you're talking about a guy that is legitimately on a Hall of Fame track. Yep. And as much as I love Gabe Landeskog, and as great as he is as a franchise leader. He's the Hall of Fame. You're right. Like, you're, you're talking about, like, this guy is, this is a guy that's going to finish with, like, 700 career points. He's going to be a captain and he's going to have 92 go up in the rafters with the C but he's not going to sniff the hall of fame. Whereas, you know, Miko continues on the route that he is. He could be on his way to a thousand points. Yeah. A thousand points, four or 500 goals. Like he could, he could be one of the elite wings for the next decade. And yet he doesn't even make the top two. I 
look, not all their drafting has been great, but when they've gotten it right, holy smokes, they have gotten it right. Straight up. What, uh, what, all right. Did you have the stones to, to swap the number one? Cause I didn't. Dude, it's number one is Nathan McKinnon. Right. It has to be. I'm sorry, but like a franchise center and a, a legitimately dominant player in the NHL already. Yep. As great as Kale McCarr's rookie season was, and as much as you and I have both gushed over the potential and where he's headed, and like we have both gone on the Denver Sports Podcast separately <laughs> and and been like, guys, he's going to win the Norris someday. He's going to be the best defenseman in franchise history. He's going to be like, there's a good chance this guy is a Hall of Fame player someday because he is so freaking special and so obviously special. Yep. It's uh, and none of that is enough to surpass what Nathan McKinnon is because every every single thing that you can argue for Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon also has and has done. Should have had multiple hundred point seasons, but fate has denied him that. Um, I mean, all he's got to do is just beat a goalie in game 82 last year and he gets it. It's true. That's true. They, they tried so hard <laughs> to get it to him. It seemed like it was destined to not have it this year, though, either with the injury that ended up not mattering. But right. Well, the, in, the injury and then a pandemic where you're just like. Yeah. Okay, so he's just going to be a 95-point player when he plays 70 games every year. That's the law. <laughs> kind um, of annoying, but okay. Nonetheless, yeah, he's outside of the Calder, which he won, by the way. Uh, yep. He is the closest the Avs have come to winning an NHL award in recent history. With a major one. Don't yeah. give me that. Don't give me the Lady Bing that, Those don't count. Those don't count. The ones where you actually are a legitimate premier NHL player if you've won this award. Yeah. Um so it's there's no argument against it. He the we mm-hmm. just a week ago we did a round table where he's a top 3 player in the entire league. So Yep. And I'm not saying Kale McCarr can't get there, but he's not there yet. Right. He can't even clearly win the Calder Trophy yet. Yeah. So that's that is what it is, and that's just all hype, basically. The yeah. uh, the top of the Avs drafting is absolutely superb. It's bonkers. They've drafted arguably three Hall of Famers, depending on how you feel about Rantan's trajectory. With no doubt four All-Stars. Yep. Um, with a fifth who had All-Star seasons in Duchesne. Yep. And then... A couple of solid NHLers, and then two unknowns and three busts. Yep. And the unknowns are trending well. Three busts out of 12 picks really isn't bad. Well, and the, none of those were top 10 picks. Yes, again, the 11 hurts a little bit. It does. Bleakly at 23 or 24, was it? I forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know what happens. Uh, Hishin was 16, 17. Yeah. So... Look, missing on a first round pick is never great, but the abs have not missed on a top 10 pick, which are the absolutely crucial ones. Yep. So, I mean, yes, there's always the conversation of the abs need to do better in the later rounds, but. Oh, there's. And and that conversation is draft versus development. How much is, you know, that's a way more complicated yeah. conversation yeah. than just like when you're talking about picking guys in the top five, you're not, you're not having much of a development conversation. You're having a, all right, let's get this guy in here. We need to be right about our evaluation of his talent. Yep. If you draft a guy in the top five, he needs to be an elite player in this draft. He needs to be one of the top players in this draft. And that, for the record, is also one of the arguments that you make for Tyson Jost. Because if you go back and you look at that draft class right now, he's like tenth-ish. Yeah, in the in area. terms of, of of best player in the draft. And considering they took him tenth, if that's where he ends up, you're like, okay. Yep. Pretty much. So 
you know, I I'm comfortable with either of these lists. Uh, yeah, minor differences, a, a spot or two, but yeah, it, and we've hit the reality of at least one guy on this list, if not two, could move up a lot in the next year. So there's a couple of guys with serious potential to to move. Yep. So it's just a fun little thing we wanted to do looking at that. I know a lot of Avs drafts history, history, especially coming from me, is often doom and gloom because of that development and things AJ have talked about. And the reality is the first round is still pretty hype. Yeah, and, like, that's the pick you have to get right. Yep. Like, if you're not going to get any of the other picks right and you're getting your first-round pick right every year and you're still getting an NHL player out of every draft class, you're 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 honestly you're surviving you're done. in the draft. Like you could you can criticize oh they can't they can't get later picks they can't do whatever is if they're getting an NHL player out of every draft class they're doing well. It's just the reality of it. Like go and look at a team like Buffalo. You think they wouldn't switch switch places immediately? Uh, if they could if they could get NHL players like guaranteed quality NHL players switch places with any NHL team immediately. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, with that little jab, we are going to get out of here for the day. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Appreciate all of you guys. Uh, there will be no DNVR watches tonight as we're working on some other projects right now that we hope to get to you guys soon. But other than that, I hope y'all have a good rest of your week, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow. And just to let you guys know, we've been covering the Colorado Raptors professional rugby team here in Colorado for a while now. And we have reporter Colton Strickler taking you inside the locker room. He's still doing his DNVR Raptors podcast. You can still learn a lot about the Raptors. They're still doing their DNVR watches on weekends as well. So you can pick up and watch some of the best rugby that's ever been played here in Colorado. Highly recommend you check it out as well as the 101 pods to break down the game for you done by Colton. And be sure to follow that DNVR Raptors Twitter account as well. Great fun, part of the DNVR family. So come join us and enjoy some sports. Bye, everybody. Thanks for hanging out in live chat. Appreciate all you. Make sure to tweet at us with your baby names. DNVR Avalanche with Hayfully.